Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Mirror Gaming Walkthrough. We're live with the latest news from the world of gaming. We've got some brilliant topics for you today. It's been... This week has been mad for gaming news. We've got the big news today that Mogsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard has been blocked by the, the UK government's regulatory body, the CMA, but maybe not for the reason you think. So we'll be getting into that a bit later on. We'll also talk about Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which uh, very own Aaron reviewed for us. The review embargo is dropping at four, which is now, so we can talk about it, which is good. Uh, so he'll be giving us our thoughts on that. And then we'll also talk about the new Asus ROG Ally, the gaming handheld that could potentially rival the Valve Steam Deck. So we'll be going into that a little bit more later on. I'll say that's a pretty tasty show. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. Well, roll the credits. Everyone thinks he or she is the best football expert on the planet. I'm just playing for pride now. And my prize gone. We're very passionate people here. Well, hello. We're ready to come for the W, yeah? You, these girls will smoke you, man. Yeah. Hello and welcome once again to the Mirror Game Walkthrough. We've got some very tasty topics for you this week, as I'm sure you heard earlier on. But I just want to introduce my guests for today, my esteemed colleagues, uh, Jasmine Manan and Aaron Potter. How are you guys doing? Nice, quiet day for everyone today in the world of gaming? Yeah, pretty easy going, if truth be told. Not a lot has happened at all. No major earth-shattering game industry news. Yeah, it's just plain <laughs> sailing. Absolutely. Uh, I get to say, as a hardware specialist that it actually has been a pretty chill day for me so thank you very much yeah <laughs> but uh, the last week has been pretty busy for you obviously yeah it has it has rog ally which we'll go into it a little bit later on and i've got my lights green behind me uh for xbox um yeah just because i can't really uh and because also it's main topic for today um so the main topic for today as i said before is the cma which is the competitions and markets authority has prevented Microsoft's proposed purchase of activision over concerns the deal would alter the future of the fast-growing cloud gaming market leading to reduced innovation and less choice for uk gamers over the years to come uh, that's obviously relating to uh, Microsoft's proposed acquisition of activision blizzard for the small sum of 68.7 billion dollars um there's quite a few bits to go through in the rulings that, that we can look at uh over over the course of the show but I just wanted to just touch base aaron and jasmine to just get your initial reactions to it um because we thought we thought i i, I don't know if i was alone in this but i thought look they're gonna they're gonna try hard to get it through it's gonna there's gonna be a couple of bumps in the road but look Microsoft are huge it's going to go through eventually seeing this was a little bit of a shock to me what what was your initial takes guys uh I guess I'll go first then yeah, but yeah. uh yeah the like it's it was when I say shocking I think the the comments I put in the, our slack chat was that I was shook I was shooketh because I was in the middle of doing something else and obviously 
Um, we knew that the deadline for the CMA's decision was going to be today. And basically all signs pointed towards that the CMA was going to approve of Microsoft's uh, proposed 68.7 billion acquisition of uh, Activision Blizzard. There were analysts saying this, industry insiders saying this. And basically, I think the most sort of like the biggest indication that that would be the case was about about a month ago where the CMA U-turned on um, how it believed that Microsoft would treat Call of Duty as a franchise. Because up until that point, we'd all been saying like, oh, why make Call of Duty exclusive at all? And there's a risk that it'll make, it'll make yeah, Call of Duty and Xbox platform exclusive. But even the CMA conceded in the end that, well, that wouldn't be financial viable. So what is Microsoft's incentive? So if PlayStation, Jim Ryan, we're the CMA talking to you now, why would Microsoft do that? And, um, when the the summarized report came out today, even though they denied it, it turns out that it had very little to do with uh, Microsoft's treatment of Call of Duty, which is a bit of an anticlimax, considering that for the better part of a year now, that's the kind of angle that we've all been like looking into. And because obviously, as well as Crash Bandicoot, as well as Tony Hawk's, as well as World of Warcraft, all these other franchises, Call of Duty is kind of the behemoth elephant in the room. And then ultimately, it didn't even come down to that. It came down to Microsoft's apparent dominance in the cloud gaming market, which the CMA looked at and went, uh uh-uh. uh. There's my famous noise again. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When the email came through initially, obviously the big headline is the CMI prevents uh, Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard. When I scrolled down, I thought I was going to see Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Call of Duty throughout the email. And the, what, there was barely a mention of it. It was all around cloud gaming and the dominance. And um, I'll just read you some of, the, some of the findings as well from the email that we got <clears throat> from, the, from the CMA. So it says that Microsoft already accounts for an estimated 60 to 70% of global cloud gaming services and has other important strengths in cloud gaming from owning Xbox, the leading PC operating system, Windows, and a global cloud computing infrastructure, which is Azure. Um, That's a blast from the past, isn't it? Uh, The deal would reinforce Microsoft's advantage in the market by giving it control over important gaming content, such as Call of Duty, Overwatch, World of Warcraft, and uh, the evidence available says that Activision would start providing games via cloud platforms in the foreseeable future. And then they go on to say about how, um, at the moment, the UK um, the UK players have got like a choice between buying an expensive console or doing cloud gaming. And, and at the moment, if they kept things the same, that choice would still be there. But if they, if Microsoft Activision acquisition of activision blizzard go through there'd be less choice for gamers so that was that was their main point from what we can see on here um jasmine as someone who's dabbled in cloud gaming yourself um do you think microsoft kind of dominating cloud gaming would be a bad thing and do you think that's what what was your initial reaction as well to the, to the actual news well i'll say initially i was really really stunned because i was on the same page as you in that microsoft is massive that like there's kind of in my head like no way this wasn't gonna go through so then when it didn't i was literally just like really confused to begin with and then seeing about cloud gaming stuff again i thought it was all going to be call of duty call of duty as well so seeing that it wasn't was weird um but in terms of cloud gaming i think that even right now it already feels like xbox have sort of like a monopoly on cloud gaming um there is obviously like geforce now from nvidia and stuff like that but i just personally having used both services i just think that xbox cloud gaming even though it's still in beta is just so much more reliable and um especially if you're a game pass subscriber you know you already have all of those games there you don't need to wait for stuff to install you just jump straight on um i think it's like it works really really well 
So it kind of feels like that monopoly is already there. Um, but I do understand in the sense that if they further that monopoly, it's going to just stop innovation. It's going to make cloud gaming sort of stagnate at where it is now. So it does make sense. But I'm still just like really stunned. I just didn't expect the deal not to go through. So I don't really have words, to be honest with you. <laughs> You're not alone in that. Like Aaron said, there's a lot of people who know a lot more than I do going on about how it's going to get through eventually you know people who really know mm -hmm. this stuff and for it not to for it not to i mean microsoft and activision have said they will appeal as mm -hmm. well because uh, they obviously really want it to go through um but just before we continue the conversation thank you so much everyone watching on our youtube channel and facebook as well uh if you've got any thoughts about the um the acquisition not going through or you've got any um opinions on cloud gaming please let, drop a comment and we'll we'll read them out throughout the show uh we've got scott in the, in the chat hi scott uh, he should say he says uh, Microsoft should buy Goku. I'm not sure Goku's for sale at the moment, uh, Scott, um, because he's not real. But uh, I'm sure we can get onto that. Yeah, don't say that to him. Can, can you see Sorry. Goku now, Scott? Point to Goku. Where is he now? Let don't say that to him, guys. Don't say that to him, guys. Let us know. But yeah, thank you so much for everyone watching. If you've got any any opinions on what we what we're speaking about, or if you've got any thoughts or even if they're contradictory we'd love to hear what you think because we know that there's so many different opinions out there so we'd love to hear your thoughts i think we can debate any throughout the show as well um so thank you very much uh scott says goku mentioned in the podcast quota hit yeah yes definitely uh <laughs> one one goku reference to too many uh i'll just read out because obviously i just mentioned microsoft and activision will be appealing the decision um <clears throat> There's some very spicy responses, uh, particularly from Activision, um, who said that the CMA's report contradicts the ambitions of the UK to become an attractive country to build technology businesses, a spokesman for Activision said. We'll work aggressively with Microsoft to reverse that on appeal. The report's conclusions are a disservice to UK citizens who face increasingly dire economic prospects. We will reassess our growth plans for the UK. Global innovators, large and small, will take note that, despite all its rhetoric, the UK is clearly closed for business. Ooh. Shots fired. Ooh. Shots absolutely fired. Yeah, because Bobby Kodak's in, a, in the perfect position to be making judgment on other parties and you know individuals, <laughs> yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he's in the prime position uh, for that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it do, that does feel like a sting, like directly at the UK government. Obviously, the the CMA is a sort of arm of the, the UK government as well. So that does feel like a, a a direct attack on them, really, of what's going on. And obviously, this is a gaming show, that, uh, and politics is very nuanced. Um, and obviously, I know everyone in the UK is feeling that that hit of you know the cost of living and everything like that. And there's very it's very difficult to to disagree with the comments there, but. Um, yeah, uh, Microsoft also said uh, the CMA's decision re rejects a pragmatic path to address com competition concerns and discourages technology innovation and investment in the United Kingdom. Uh, they also said this decision appears to reflect a flawed understanding of this market and the way the relevant cloud technology actually works. So Microsoft is saying that the UK government don't know what they're on about, basically. They don't understand cloud gaming, so why should you decide against the deal uh which are both really really strong strong comments from from both parties there um 
There's also a really interesting bit about Game Pass, which is our favourite our favorite topic on the walkthrough, particularly with Aaron as well on the podcast. Um, Don't summon me now, Nathan. Don't summon me. Don't do it. There was a mention of Game Pass in there. I'm not just putting it in. They, they did mention it. So the CMA uh, said that they carefully considered the benefit of having Activision content available on Game Pass, but this outweighed the harm that the merger would cause. Comp- sorry. Game Pass outweighed the harm the merger would cause to competition in cloud gaming, but the CMA found that this new payment option, while benefit to some consumers, would not outweigh the overall harm to competition, particularly given the incentive for Microsoft to increase the cost of its Game Pass subscription post-merger to reflect the addition of Activision valuable games. Alan, do you think that would have happened? Do you think if it all goes through and they say, yeah, you know, World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, on Game Pass now, oh, and by the way... We're putting up the price. Do you, do you think that's do you think that's a fair criticism from the CMA? Yeah, I think so. And uh, the reason I think that is because I wrote this article. I want to say two months ago, maybe potentially, <laughs> maybe a little bit less, where um, uh, the, the CMA had previously stated that that was a fear of theirs. And um, I feel like maybe it, I think at the time when that was sort of stated in the documents, we didn't kind of like pick up on how much of a threat it considered that in terms of like the value of Xbox Game Pass. Because I'm still someone that believes that Xbox Game Pass is going to be going up in price at some point this year in certain territories. Um, Microsoft, to its credit, has been a bit better uh, compared to other um, uh, platform holders about keeping prices low. Like PlayStation had the price hike up for the PS5, both SKUs of it. Um, whereas Xbox at the time were sort of like typing, oh, we're not putting our box up, look at us, whatever. And obviously, for topics that we've talked about before that I've mentioned that I don't want to go over now, Microsoft can afford to eat that cost. And I'm kind of just waiting for the day when the penny drops, where Microsoft just kind of like that yeah literally the penny drops and then they kind of have to start making money make some actual money and get a return on all these investments what i would hope like now that the um acquisition has hit this uh stumbling block because obviously it can still go through like you said they can appeal it but as i understand it as long as the cma are denying it because they're for whatever reason they carry a lot more weight than other global regulators out there compared to people like south africa and saudi arabia and chile and stuff like that um in, in, until the CMA budge and Microsoft are able to appeal it and prove otherwise, that, that we're probably not going to be seeing Activision come under uh, Microsoft's ownership. So they would have Microsoft would have less flexibility in terms of if they were to put the price of Xbox Game Pass up. But as it stands right now, they still got Redfall coming out next month, uh, less than a week actually. Now I think maybe just over. They've got Starfield coming out in September. So I feel like there's still a likelihood that Xbox Game Pass should shoot up in price. But if Phil Spencer and co were hedging their bets on the fact that this deal would have been done by now and that they would have been able to advertise the Xbox Game Pass price hike by saying, look at all this extra value we're bringing, then it looks like timelines have shifted and they've got another thing coming. Yeah. Got a couple of comments in the uh, in the chat. Uh, Hi, JD Incinerator in the chat. Uh, he says... Um, Oh, I love this comment. Uh, Bobby Kotick is saying this stuff for attention, obviously. I'd rather listen to a slice of cheese on toast about the games industry than him, and that does a disservice to cheese on toast. That's amazing. Thank you for the comment, JD. <laughs> comment of the day. Absolutely. Uh, and Callie is in the chat as well. Hello. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, today. Um, Jasmine, you mentioned about cloud gaming, about how they've already kind of got a grip on the industry, and mm-hmm. this would further add to it, having Call mm-hmm. of Duty, World of Warcraft, Overwatch 2 on that cloud gambling service that would add even mm-hmm. more to it and then also aaron saying that he thinks game pass will go up as a result if it did go through do we do we want do we want this to go are the cma right do we do we want this not to go through because i'm not seeing i'm not seeing any positive comments around this like 
I think, I mean, Game Pass would definitely go up if if they provided access to stuff like World of Warcraft, because World of Warcraft is already like a, a paid game. And if they straight away just went, hey, we're increasing the service by five, ten pounds extra, like it would put it up to 20, 25 pounds. Like people have become so reliant on it, mm. um, especially with new releases on it and stuff like that. If If it suddenly had a whole lineup of COD games, people would be more than willing to, to pay that. So I think realistically they would have put it up knowing that people weren't going to cancel their subscriptions for the most yeah. part. It's like Netflix, right? So yeah. people people would have continued to, to pay for it. But I think that in terms of cloud gaming, I just think that that's a, a very small part of the issue. And it's it's strange to me that the CMA focused on it so much and made it this whole like thing about, oh yeah, like they're going to have a monopoly on, on the cloud gaming market when there are clearly like, tons of other issues with the acquisition mm. Mm. um which is like what i think the big shock is for most people is that they just like honed in on cloud gaming they're like oh yeah like they're gonna monopolize the industry and then there's gonna be no innovation and then cloud gaming is, is gonna become really crap and it's like there are tons of other issues with this ac with this acquisition so many yeah. um and I feel like this cloud gaming thing has like overshadowed what the actual issue is here because mm. it's not just about cloud gaming it's about like having access to to a ton of different games and them being locked behind one single paywall because you never know that even though the whole thing has been oh yeah like we're not going to make cod and xbox exclusive and and whatever you just once they've got it what's stopping them from doing that yeah i think Aaron has talked before on the podcast as well about uh, how Microsoft, particularly Phil Spencer, says certain things and then they tend to be the opposite after a few yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, He's playing a long game, Phil Spencer is. Like, mm -hmm. Absolutely. So some of the games that he's, he's promised will, you know, will never be exclusive. Do you, want to, do you want to rattle them off, Aaron? I know you've probably... <laughs> well, obviously, it was about two, three weeks ago where we learned that Red 4 was being developed... Um, internally at bethesda at arcane prior to the um microsoft activation and that they ripped that away and yeah. it's only gotten worse really because in the weeks since that new story broke and we now find that the world's most powerful console the xbox series x uh, it can't even run that game at 60 fps mm -hmm. a modern game the first proper first party xbox series x exclusive and i'm on the brink now but i'm holding myself back because this is what's frustrating <laughs> me this is what's frustrating go, me go for it. At go every for it. moment phil spencer and xbox keep standing on rakes standing on rakes and every time i give them an inch they take a mile hi-fi rush came out at the beginning of this year brilliant we finally get a bethesda game xbox incubated it oh what no it was incubated before uh the bethesda purchase mm, okay but redfall though we saw that it was revealed after the xbox acquisition happened nope was in development mm. for ps5 as well so um and the weird thing with that is not to derail its entire separate issue is that deathloop and ghostwire tokyo were well, one year exclusivity uh ps5 exclusive games and uh both those games ran at 60 and now that we've got a Bethesda game going exclusive to Xbox Series X, we've got a game that doesn't run at 60. And that might not mean much for the um, the wider ramifications of the Microsoft Activision deal. But I actually think it does if you look at it in a, in a microscopic level. Because if Xbox is having that detrimental an impact within its own first-party family of studios, just imagine mm. what's going to happen when, the, when you get these Xbox titles come out. And... They, there's literally no excuse so yeah it keeps yeah. setting itself up like yeah scott makes a good point in the chat ghostwire runs worse on xbox too so what were they doing that whole time for a year yeah. um basically you know i'm not a big fan of con consolidation or whatever and i saw somebody i was sharing news about this on twitter the other uh, the other day uh, earlier today um 
because honestly, the cloud gaming thing really caught me off guard. And to be honest, it's not an area that I indulge in much because I don't, mm-hmm. I, I'm still at that point where cloud gaming isn't really quite smooth enough uh, to replace native, uh, you know, playing natively on your console. So I tweeted earlier, cloud gaming to the rescue of further market consolidation, I guess. And then uh, somebody commented, it's like, well, yeah, I feel sad for all of those Activision employees, though, because they're still under Bobby Kodak. Well, and, and my response to that was, well, maybe the Activision board should have thought twice uh, before it re-elected re- to re-up Bobby Kodak's, uh, you know, position as CEO, because they did have the chance to do that. But the board were obviously, Bobby was telling them, keep me on. I'll make sure this deal goes through. Keep me on. Hence why he's so, I'll use the word miffed now, probably towards the UK, <laughs> because there's a chance that they might out him when, the, when his contract comes up for renewal and he's not going to mm. get his golden parachute, of course. There's a, yeah. There's so much feeding into this story like it's part of a wider whole and it really is like this decision could it has a domino effect of the future of how we play games i truly believe that maybe i'm being yeah. hypothetical but that's just how i feel yeah and it's really interesting as well because we also uh learned earlier on uh this week as well um i think it was today actually or yesterday that microsoft's gaming revenue fell four percent and xbox hardware revenue declined 30 percent in the last quarter um so in the uh, in the last uh, quarter, Microsoft earned one billion in revenue from subscriptions during the quarter. Um, that sounds like a lot, but when when there's four quarters of the year, that's four billion. That's four billion a year, and then four billion if you're trying to make that into sixty-eight, uh, ten, uh, fifteen. We're talking seventeen years. Quick math. Can any tell me if I'm wrong? Anyone? That it would take Microsoft seventeen years to get back the revenue from the proposed Activision Blizzard uh, buyout, but then that's not also putting in the costs of you know what it comes before it as well. So it, yeah, it's it's one billion sounds like a lot, but it's actually not that much considering how much they're going to spend as well. Um, mm. I think what what's what's really interesting is that I think Microsoft look a little bit desperate in this situation because like you said there's no you've we've talked a lot about on this podcast about how there's no first party xbox games and there is going to be a few redfall starfield coming out this year but the fact that having call of duty on xbox exclusive even if it's not for 10 years even if they talk about 10 years i don't believe that but let's say a couple of years time they make it call of duty xbox exclusive warzone 2 is doing really well at the moment though isn't it warzone Warzone 2 is skyrocketing in popularity well, we talked about it. It's dying, isn't it? It's dying. So, I feel like every I feel like every month that goes by, this is looking like a worse deal for Microsoft and a worse deal for UK customers. To me, that's that's how it looks to me. Even though I thought it would go through, it just looks like as the months go on, it just looks like a, wor- a worse and worse deal. Uh, as, as I just think goes. that um, the thing is, is that like I was saying before, like they're such a big company, mm. and not to get too like into politics and stuff, but it'd be so easy for them to lobby this decision and mm. and get it overturned. To be completely honest, like if they want to purchase Activision Blizzard, they will find a way to do that. However, it happens, they will find a way to do it. And I think like this, like you're saying, is like now reassessing the situation. It just looks like this is a terrible idea from for both UK consumers and mm. for 
for Microsoft to do. So maybe they could use this as their sort of like scapegoat and get out and think, okay, mm. yeah, do you know what? Let's sod it. Let's not let's not do this because it's going to be a really bad idea. <laughs> like right? a almost Twitter situation type thing where he tried to get out of it and then yeah, right. Of... So like this yeah. could maybe be their their opportunity to get out. But the thing is that realistically that's not going to happen because it's going to make them look really bad, mm. and they need to somehow push this deal through so that they can not look like they've completely failed. And I just feel like it will. It, it will eventually happen one way or another because it's Microsoft and Microsoft always get what they want to get, whether it's allowed or not. Yeah. So yeah. It, that's the problem though, isn't it? Is that they're airing all of this is happening in, you know, they're airing their dirty laundry in public mm-hmm. uh, to use a, a well-worn metaphor. And like, honestly, I don't know why Xbox just can't take the L because as Jasmine was hinting at and go away and lick its wounds. It's like nobody wins in this scenario. Nobody wins. Yeah, Microsoft yeah. doesn't win because even if it wants Call of Duty to be exclusive, it has to wait 10 years to have that. Obviously, PlayStation players don't win because they don't get to play Call of Duty eventually. Nintendo doesn't win because there's no way on this earth that Call of Duty is running on a Nintendo system, at least the Nintendo <laughs> Switch. And, play- and players don't win because Xbox Game Pass prices are likely going to go up on- should, Xbox- should Activision games be added to the lineup anyway. Yeah. Um, I just... I, I'm, yeah, I'm baffled by it. Like, and I've always been baffled by it. And the fact that when people come out in support of it just because they want to get Diablo Four for ten ninety nine per month as opposed to paying sixty dollars, seventy dollars for it, I understand increasing people's access and making it cheaper for people. But the irony is, is that if I didn't pay for Xbox Game Pass, I wouldn't pay for any Xbox games at all. And yet, I'm still on that drip. I'm still paying for Xbox Game Pass for the occasional promise yeah. of games that are never coming anyway. Yeah. So. It's it's weird. Nobody wins. Yeah. At this point, I feel like I'm just paying for Xbox Game Pass, so I can say that I pay for Xbox Game Pass. Like I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not like using anything on there. And like, every so often, I'll open it up again, and I'll be like, yeah, let me see what's on Game Pass. And then I'll like just scroll for like an hour or something, and be like, yeah, none none of these really tickle my fancy. Like there's just <laughs> there's just not really anything on there that's just peaking my interest right now. Yeah. Not not to make this an Xbox Game Pass debate entirely, but the difference between because obviously the the analog that people are using is Netflix. Xbox Game Pass is the Netflix for games. But with Netflix, was that a shot at me because I said that earlier? No, no, literally it wasn't. <laughs> I even forgot you said it. But um, it's kind of like the difference there is that you can watch a movie in an hour and a half, whereas the majority of games, you you know, it could be upwards of 50, 60 hours. So yeah, yeah. you're just not getting for the amount of content that's on there. And, you know, we see this through other services as well, like Prime Gaming and stuff. Just companies pushing these games out, just like in their droves when each game... Oh, how sentimental do I want to get? Like every game is a passion <laughs> yeah. project for someone. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like we're just devaluing it like more and more every day. Yeah. We'd, but anyway, yeah. money in it. Money's got to be made. Money is king. Another another point that was really interesting for me that I feel like maybe this all boils down to really. Um, this is quite low down in the report, but um, the CMA says that accepting Microsoft's remedy would inevitably require some degree of regulatory oversight by the CMA. By contrast, preventing the merger would effectively allow market forces to continue to operate and shape the development of cloud gaming without this regulatory intervention. So what the CMA is saying basically is that Microsoft would then be so big at that point and control so much of the cloud gaming market that the CMA would have to have complete regulatory oversight on them and would have to go through every single decision they make. Think about how much work that is for the CMA to do when they've got so many other things to do. Um, But I feel like that's what the CMA should be doing now anyway. 
Is that bad to say? Uh, like, only, so, only so many people work at the CMA, Jasmine. Like, I know. It, yeah, that's that's the benefit of having a free market. And I'm not putting this at you or yes. whatever, but it's called a free market for a reason, right? You've got to provide incentive and stuff. And obviously, there are a few cases like this. The problem is, I tried to think if Google Stadia was such a thing, because Google's a pretty big yeah. company, and obviously, not many people use Stadia anyway. But I don't. Not the truth is that none of us really know if anybody at the CMA is interested in games, plays games. They can only do with act on the evidence they're given so my fear is that if google stadia was still a major player in the cloud gaming space they would have looked at that and went like oh well we can improve this because microsoft and google that's a good level of competition there yeah and in reality yeah. microsoft will forever trounce google in any gaming thing it does yeah. yeah but that that does feel like even though it's a quite a small point it does feel like this might be what it all boils down to in that the, reg the regulate in that industry would be bad for consumers and bad for Microsoft as well because every decision they make would have to get approval from the UK government. Uh, and just uh, that, imagine, like you said, the, the people at the CMA, do they, do they really understand these decisions that Microsoft are making and how long would that take? And it would just I feel be... like that's another reason for Microsoft to use this as a scapegoat and back down because they would never want yeah. every single, single yeah. like, small business decision they're making for now into and what another 10 years into the future to be like monitored by the CMA. So now that they've finally got that feedback from the CMA, that that should be like the wake up call for them to be like, OK, guys, we need to not do this this is like a terrible idea why i don't know why they're even like putting out statements about appealing the decision when realistically take a hard look at what you're doing mm. it's not going to work and that, who that, is it benefiting that looks really desperate from bobby kodik obviously and um it, i thought it was funny that the statement came from him and not microsoft like i'm sure they've spoken and they would have been informed of the cma's decision uh, long before we were, hence why yeah. they were ready with their statements. But when when Bobby Kodak was like, we are appealing this decision, I was interested that, I don't know if Microsoft is totally 100% on board with that. So maybe Jasmine's onto something with the whole backing down type thing. Just yeah. think of like how many games you could make for 68.7 billion. Oh God. As opposed <laughs> oh to God. Call of Duty Candy Crush, which Scott brought up that we all, that we always forget about. Yeah. Candy Crush apparently makes money, even though I don't know anybody who plays it. But that's what people tell me. <laughs> um, you know, I could say the same about Fortnite, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Just fund other games, make them and put them out. You're yeah. in the games business, Microsoft. And you're not doing a good job at making games. Yeah, I'll, I'll, make, I'll make them a game for a couple of billion if they want. Yeah. If they're in Let's the market, yeah, I've got a printer at the market. <laughs> maybe they can, maybe they can buy that off me for a couple of billion if they if they just want to spend some money, um, you know. Yeah, Microsoft marketplace. Not, not to get too serious again, but Microsoft had layoffs at the beginning of this year as well. Yes, can you imagine being one of those employees whilst trying watching this deal trying to be put through? That yeah, is insane. That is absolutely insane to me. Yeah, it doesn't look mm -hmm. good, does it? from a PR perspective. Uh, we've got some comments in the chat as well. Uh, JD Incinerators, again, he says, I think the games industry is going uh, the way of our culture down the drain. I don't want to be a cynical Sy Sylvester, but the greed inherent in the games industry is unfortunate to say the very least. Uh, yeah, it does, it does feel like there's a lot of greed, but there's a lot of good as well, JD. Don't, don't, be, don't be overly cynical. There's a lot of good yeah. people. There is some bad people, but uh, yeah, I I'll get your point. Stick around um, for the Star Wars chat, everyone. It gets much perkier, I promise you. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Adam is also in the chat. Adam L. Uh, hi, Aaron. Uh, sorry. Hi, Adam. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Aaron seems genuinely frustrated and upset about this whole mismanagement at Game Pass. You will only get this level of personal investment at Mirror Gaming. Absolutely. 
this is the only place you will get this personal frustration investment from Aaron on Game Pass. Uh, That's it. You won't find me. Yeah. This is exclusive to us. Exclusive exactly. to us. You won't Absolutely. find this level of frustration from me anywhere else. Only no. at the Mirror Gaming. Absolutely. Talking about Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> JD as well says, at least we can still enjoy what there is. No wonder why we get so nostalgic and we get so many remakes and remasters. That, I mean, that could be true. Could be true, yeah. Uh, it just feel like, especially at the beginning of the year, it felt so slow in the game industry. There was like nothing new to play, but... Um, there, there is a lot of new games come in. Uh, Maybe that's Luke. why I only play games that I hate. I'm so sorry to cut off. I was just no, thinking, no. You just like, ruined my segue. We, I can do it. Now. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I realised you were segueing as I started speaking, and I was like, oh well, I'm already it's talking right. now. It's all right. It wasn't um, very good. It wasn't very good. I was just thinking maybe that's why I hate all of the games that I play because I don't have that like nostalgic attachment to to a lot of older games when when the gaming industry was better you know like i just i play stuff like overwatch and league of legends and then i complain about and fortnite and then i come to work and i'm like guys i hate these games i hate them so much and i still play them like every single day what did you what games did you play as a kid like i played like one? nintendo games and i mainly played like mario and sonic games like both of those franchises would like raised me i loved them jasmine let me cast your mind back to a time when you could walk into a game store brick and mortar where you could buy mm. games physically and you never knew what you were going to see on the shelf i remember picking up a game once it was called chili con carnage was that culturally se- culturally sensitive probably not but my god about 10 20 years ago you know more games on the shelf of varying qualities is true yeah every time i used to go to like asda to go grocery shopping like my mum would just like mm. leave me in the game section and she'd be like okay don't get kidnapped <laughs> like, the game they... section was your babysitter yeah she'd be like don't get kidnapped because obviously you don't want a kid running around with you when you're like doing your grocery shopping right she'd be like stay here and i'd sit there for like an hour just looking at every single game and then i'd be like mum can i get this and she'd say no <laughs> so you know like she just left me there to torture but no, I, like I, I don't, yeah i feel like you don't have those anymore I, like yeah a lot of supermarkets it's not like yeah as normalized to, to buy physical games and stuff so they just don't have them not to be overly nostalgic to turn this into a nostalgia podcast but you know what i miss i i miss the midnight game releases oh yeah that was good wasn't it when that was i good. don't know if jasmine ever maybe she's too young for this but i, I remember going yeah. to asda uh at midnight to pick up like fifa 15 and then play it all more, even though I had college in the morning and uh, like I had like a test or I had some sort of like work to do. I'd play it till like seven in the morning, eight in the morning. Like, and, but those memories of like having that time, like I won't remember what I was doing at college because who remembers that? But yeah, I'll remember the time, you know, putting the disc in for the first time, hearing the music you know, remembering being so tired and still managing to play and enjoy it with my friends and all being on like a call with each other and stuff. Um, Aaron, can you can you remember? Did you were you a midnight yeah. games person? I didn't do too many midnight launches. I think the last midnight launch I did it wasn't actually that long ago. It was for Pokemon Sword and Shield for Nintendo Switch. Oh, yeah. Like my local game store did it. Obviously, the game didn't turn out to be very good, unfortunately. But in yeah, a similar sort to, of fashion... I didn't want to say that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very good. But in a similar style to that, I remember Sainsbury's for day one releases. They always used to do this offer where it was like, if you spend 40 quid on shopping, you get like the latest Call of Duty for 50% yeah, off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or whatever yeah. it was. And I remember playing my picking up my favorite Call of Duty game, Call of Duty Black Ops, the original, 2010. Like begging my mum, oh, mum, please, can we do the whatever. Getting home, bloody loving it. Mason, we don't know what the numbers mean. 
I knew what they meant. They unlocked the key to my heart is what they did. Um, so yeah, that's the sort of like nostalgia going to the shopping trip that I have. Uh, yeah, I know games. this is loosely related, but like Game Pass and cloud gaming is sort of taking that away from us in a way because we're, we're not really having to experience, we're not having that experience of going somewhere, picking something up, having that, those sort of memories. It feels like the the, the memories that, that so, they sort of generate they're not going to be here for our children or our children's children, which is which is a bit um, it's a bit. But this could lead back into this whole digital versus physical debate that I could talk oh, about yeah, for hours yeah. and hours and hours. Like digital games are ruining the gaming industry. They are. But when was yeah. the last time you bought a, a physical game, Jasmine? Um, I did buy one. No, I did buy one recently, but I forgot what it was. I buy all my Nintendo Switch games. I buy physical because they are cheaper. They're cheaper that way. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, Nintendo are keeping the physical games market alive by just pricing it crazy themselves. But I will say, I'm devastated that I buy a Nintendo Switch game and I open the case and all that's in it is the stupid little cartridge and not like some instruction manuals or other little like, you know, sort of these with stickers and stuff in there. I know it's such a stupid thing to be upset about over a sticker, but it's just like, it, I think it points to like a bigger sort of change in the yeah. direction of, of games. Like there's no stickers in my physical cartridge yeah. cases anymore. I don't know. Game manuals as well. Oh. Yeah, I loved game manuals. Yeah, full color. Just... Exactly. Exactly. And like, yeah. um, you know, when you used to get Wii games, and then you used to get like the Nintendo eShop points, and it'd be like a little scratch thing that you had to scratch yeah. off. And, oh like, yeah, the, the my code. Nintendo points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like it's I just that. I just opened up my um one of my Wii games recently and i saw it and it just made me feel so sad yeah that was like such a fun thing to just like such it's like that memory of that experience like you're getting a new wii game and scratching off the the scratch thingy like i don't know now all players have got to look forward to is typing into google when can i preload x game yeah and uh i guess that's it but the annoying thing with with the day one releases or midnight releases is that a lot of the time you might pre-order a game and like book the day off work to do it but they unlock at certain times and I, I've always thought that wherever it unlocks first, like midnight in whatever country this is, that's where it should unlock everywhere. Yeah. Like, you know, do global mm-hmm. release unlocks, please. Absolutely. Well, we've got loads of comments uh, in the chat. <laughs> Thank you so much for getting involved. It seems like we're not alone in this. Um, so Callie says, uh, my Asda still has a game section. I'm jealous. Uh, well, <laughs> jealous. Treasure, treasure it yeah. always. Yeah. yeah. Scott said, uh, I went to one for Elden Ring. Really? Where? Tell us where, Scott. Ooh. Where did you go? Um Will, uh, producers, also in the chat. Hi, Will. Thanks for thanks for dropping into the chat. He says, I remember. Will, what was the game that you bought at midnight? Let us know. Um, Adam L. Again, uh, thanks, Adam, for dropping in. Waiting outside game for the old COD games. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, like Modern Warfare 2, for example. I've still got the copy here. Um, <laughs> That's the one. Uh, yeah. I remember them being out of stock and then driving around supermarkets for one. The 24-7 Tesco came out strong. What happened to 24-7 Tesco's? <laughs> Where oh, don't, don't even okay. talk on 24-7 no, Tesco's yeah, with yeah. me because I'll talk gonna... about that for ages. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that. Um, Adam L as well. Zombie Alone made Black Ops the best Call of Duty in history. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's just a debate to be had around there. Um, Scott says last month as well with Elden Ring. Okay, last month. That's cool. Um, Kawaii Kishu as well in the chat. I remember I got Devil May Cry and it came with an art book and I still treasure it to this day. This is what I'm talking about, guys. These are the experiences that we're missing out on. Our children, our children's children will never have this again. Um, should we just start a games publisher 
and just make yeah. games and just do it physical only. I feel like there's a. I feel like. I feel like something. that exists. What I thought you were going to say is, should we just start a retro games nostalgia podcast? Maybe. Like, Maybe, yeah, we let's do it. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Will says. Uh, Scott says no. I didn't. Scott, you don't have to reveal the exact location. I just meant <laughs> what store did you buy it from? I'm not going to read that out. Um, yeah. Will he says FIFA card attack? Yeah, same as me. Will. Um, uh, Callie as well, he's back in the chat. The only thing I vividly remember is opening GTA 5 box, unfolding the map, questioning who put it on their walls and struggling to fold oh, it back. That would always... Yeah. Don't, don't ever unfold any video no, game map like, no. because you never get back in there. Never. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's like, do you remember the... Do you remember the um, did you ever go on a geography trip at school and you had the um, the map that showed you like how tall mountains were and things? The um, what is it? What does it start with? The O O N S map or something? Am I am I beating around the wrong bush here? I Did have you ever no idea. No idea. Okay. Yeah, sorry, Nathan. You're flying okay, solo I'm on gonna... this one. Yeah. But that <laughs> yeah. that was like a folding map, and then if you unfold it, it's just no chance. Um, that oh, was man. that's very niche though. Please let me know in the chat. Googling O N S map. William uh, Will, uh, our producer, is also that Battleful Middle Earth came with a map that I put on my wall. Yeah, exactly. Like we're not going to get that. We. Getting those posters. I remember one of the Mario games I got on the Nintendo Wii came with a poster and it wasn't very yeah. big, but it was yeah. still like, it was a poster and I like put it on my yeah. wall and my mum was like, what is this? And it was like bright red, obviously. And yeah. my mum was like, what's this hideous poster doing on our wall? And I was just like, <laughs> I'm never going to have that anymore. Like, I'm never going to yeah. just get, a, if I want to yeah. have a poster with a game now, then I could buy like a deluxe edition probably, or a collector's yeah, edition or yeah. something like that. And it's like, Games used to just come with these little things. They used to just have them, yeah. you know. So, like, oh, yeah, go on, guys, show off your show I'm, off your stuff. Uh, so, I have, I have, I've just realised that I've got a forty-eight hour trial for Xbox Live Gold that I never redeemed. I'll there you go. And so, the code. <laughs> so, yeah. does, if I put the code in there, if I if I put the code in, if this works for anyone, be my guest. Uh, that is the code there. Bloody hell. There we I go, giveaway time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See if that works. We're giving away an Xbox Live Gold 48-hour trial <laughs> membership uh, that, that I've not may or may not be expired. Why is, why is Mark Zuckerberg in the corner? As well? <laughs> there he is. Oh there he God. is. That that actually looks better than his metaverse. Than the metaverse. Yeah, yeah it really it does. does. Not lot has changed. Uh, there's also an exclusive uh, gamer picks for Modern Warfare 2 as well. Gamer Does picks. anyone want exclusive gamer picks? Uh, uh, here's the. <laughs> that sounds so shady. Here's the. Come round mine, we'll get some exclusive and, uh, gamer picks. The most important thing I wanted to show you was the manual. manual. Yeah, just the manual. Yeah. The manual was so cool. It showed you, like, obviously, the. It showed you all the buttons and stuff. Yeah. And it showed you the hood as well. Like, explain the hood. Like, there was like mm. the cheat codes at the back of it, right? In, for some games. And it have like, you could just sit there going through all your cheat codes. You know what, like, Jasmine? There is literally more. a link to demo games and tips. There you, go. Hey. There you yeah. go. Activision.com. I wonder if that still works, that website. I don't know. But let me know in the comments uh, uh, if you got any of the. Adam L. Careful, Nathan, might be breaking some gambling laws of this giveaway. How how would I be breaking gambling laws? <laughs> We're not asking for money. We're not, <laughs> say, we're not saying. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's yours. If you if you redeem it. It's yours I'm, if I'm it's not expired it already. Yeah, exactly. But just just look. I mean, I remember as well. I mean, we, we're going way off topic here. But I remember like <laughs> having to look at the back of the box to see how many players I could play yeah, with as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to always do that. My mum always said, you can't get it if you can't play it with your sister. And exactly. it was like that little Wii Remote icon with a number one or a number two yeah. on it or whatever. Oh, and Amazing. now now I have to Google it. Come on. 
devastated. Yeah. You have to rely on people like us to do guides for you <laughs> uh, to do that. Um, Adam as well said Pokemon red, blue, yellow with all the item locations. Oh, man. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. What a time. What a time to be alive. Um, talking of time to be alive, what a time <laughs> to be alive for the release of Jedi. Start, I always get this wrong. Star Go Wars on. Jedi colon Survivor. Um which is uh, which is out? It's out tomorrow, I believe, Aaron. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Friday. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Two days. Yeah. Uh, but the review embargo lifted today at four p.m., um, which it, we've passed now, so we can talk about it freely. Um, Aaron, this is straight from Adam's. Uh, Adam. Sorry, I'm getting Adam confused with Aaron now. Um, in Aaron's review for uh, the Mirror, which is mirror.co.uk forward slash gaming, you can go and have a read of it now. He says, Respawn proves its mastery of the famous galaxy yet again, with Star Wars Jedi Survivor improving on the original game in almost every way. Um, you gave it a five out of five for us, uh, which is top marks. Um, Aaron, why is it so good? Fill us in. So... <sighs> I have a love-hate relationship with Star Wars. I don't know about anybody else, but if anybody were to ask if I was a Star Wars fan, it would always like stump me uh, as of late because I feel like there's generally more bad Star Wars films than there are good ones probably out there now. Mm-hmm. And obviously, since Disney sort of purchased the license, they've sort of expanded uh, you know, the IP into TV shows, uh, board games, and obviously video games as well, even though those things previously existed. But Nathan, the reason why this game is so good is because it makes me feel alive as a gamer again. There's no <laughs> there's no microtransactions. <laughs> it's a single-player focused, narrative-based action-adventure game where you get to play as a badass Jedi. Um, and obviously, Respawn already pulled off this trick back in 2019 when it debuted Star Wars Jedi uh, Fallen Order. But I said to you previously off the pod, or I said to someone uh, off the pod previously, that whereas that game, it was perfectly... I would say it was a good game. It was like a good 7 out of 10, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. But then there were points in that game where you you were meant to be this, you know, powerful Jedi pad one that was on the run from the Empire. And yet, you know, 10 hours into the game, you were learning how to do basic maneuvers like, basic maneuvers like force pull, force push, double jump. Not very exciting uh, within the context of a AAA game. Well, Star Wars Jedi Survivor basically starts you off with all of the powers that you'd gained at, towards the end of the last game and just amps everything else up to 11 there's more lightsaber stances you can uh, deploy more customization options for cal more worlds to explore that are more in depth and honestly the the whole world planet exploration thing was the thing i was uh, worried about most because there's nothing more than i hate uh in open world games than when i basically i get overwhelmed there's so many places to go so many things to do and so many things to see that's part of the reason why tears of the kingdom i'm perfectly happy just to enjoy it in my own time you know, separately from the hype and just chip away at it, chip away at it, chip away at it. And um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor doesn't suffer from any of that because even if a planet at first, you see all of these multiple pathways, you've got so many places you can go. It does a great job at dishing out different powers to you, different narrative reasons to explore different places uh, across the galaxy. And basically, whether you're talking about mechanics, uh, character development, uh, combat, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is one of the best Star Wars games I think I've ever played. And hence why it got my full five stars. The second five star rating I've given this year, 2023, I think does have the potential of being one of the best years uh, of gaming ever. Plain and simple. Oh, I think you're muted, Nathan. 
<laughs> he's he's lost Thank in the nostalgia, you. everyone. I am. I'm. I'm still <laughs> trying to relive the old days. No, I was just going to say. Uh, I'm really excited to to take a look at this game um, tomorrow when we see it for the first time. Um, there's going to be an upcoming first look stream tomorrow on the playthrough. So uh, 4 p.m. BST, I believe we're going to go live with a bit of gameplay. Really looking forward to that. Um, on with you. I think Star Wars has been a bit of a love-hate for me as well. Obviously loved loved it as a kid with the original films and then the, uh, the follow-up films. The prequel trilogy, yeah. I liked them as a kid, <laughs> but then watching them as an adult, I was just like... Mm. And then, obviously, with the reboot and everything, yeah, um, kind of killed killed it for me. But then, there there has been like really really good things like Andor come out and the Mandalorian, which are kind of spin offs as well, which I've I've really enjoyed as well. Um, but Star Wars, I think the last Star Wars game that I enjoyed was Battlefront Two. Um, back which, in the which, day, what PS Two version Battlefront PS2, Two? Well, Xbox. Oh, yeah. Xbox. Oh, okay. My mistake. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, um, just a magic, uh, you know, magic time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, could this be the first Star Wars game I play for a while? Uh, yeah, might, might well be. Jasmine, how do you, where do you stand on Star Wars? Are you a, are you a Star Warser or are you a Trekkie? Or where, where? I, I am not into either Star Wars or Star Trek. Um, what do you mean? You, I, you've got to be into one. I'm sorry, I'm just not into It's a rule, isn't either. it? It's a live rule. You have to be <laughs> one or the other now. Give me give me a few weeks to do my homework, and I'll come back to you with an answer. <laughs> We've set you a lot of homework this week, but yeah, um, yeah, have, yeah. But I will say one thing that's always really like nerve wracking about games like this coming out is that it's so easy for people who are big fans of the franchise to just be like, "Yeah, this is a five out of five, amazing game of the year contender." So I think hearing Aaron actually talk about what aspects of the game he enjoyed other than it just being star wars is like refreshing to hear um and i know it's not the case with like, everyone obviously but i just think a lot of people get lost in the sort of like because it has got a really big cult following they get lost in that aspect of it of like oh yeah i love star wars so much so this game is going to be perfect and that's just not the case all the time yeah so i don't know that's my perspective on it yeah, we've got some some really good comments in the chat. Thank you so much for everyone getting involved in the chat. Uh, Callie says, me checking Wee Princess and the Frog to see if I could play with Jasmine. Uh, memories there, memories <laughs> there for us all. Uh, JD, I wasn't a Star Wars fan as a kid, but these days I think it's cool. Just can't get into it too deeply. Uh, Callie says, I've only ever been interested in Star Wars if it's Lego or the Wii game that came with the lightsaber controller oh, attachment. I did thingy. play Lego Star Wars. Yeah. I did lego star wars yeah. who didn't that come on now. yeah if you played that you played every lego game <laughs> yeah um basically uh sabrina as well as in the chat hi sabrina thanks for joining us uh star wars master of masters of terras cassie best star wars game uh i haven't played that Aaron. so, so that that is like a like um it's kind of like a tekken game it's a it's like oh, a it? fighting game where basically terras cassie is this star wars universe of like jujitsu right. or whatever yeah Okay, cool. mad. Uh, that mad sounds dick. like up my alley. That sounds right up <laughs> oh, my alley. There you go. Mirror game That's stream. Get me, you into, <laughs> get me into the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. Adam said, What? The prequels are like fine wine, only get better with age. Mm. I stand by episode three being not a bad film. I will say right, of the three, okay. which, and that's the one obviously where Anakin falls to the dark side fully. It goes yes. to some dark places, but yeah, overall. Can I just the... talk about. This is going to have to fit in. But <laughs> you know when Obi-Wan says that he's got the high ground, right? Yeah, I'm familiar. Anakin's a Jedi, Matt. Like, you can jump. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know, right? Like, but he does jump though, doing? and that's what ends up costing him. No, I know, but like, come on, man! Like, <laughs> a little bit. Basically, Anakin turned into Darth Vader because he couldn't get up a hill. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So, um, I'm kind of with you on three being the best one, but like, um, Jar Jar Binks just like just the amount of time, the amount of screen time that that character got. Well, it was less it was and less so as bad. the movies went on. Yeah, so. I know that was there was a re- but even that that was too much. Yeah, um, yeah. definitely. Um, so Adam disagree, hard disagree, but um, <laughs> you know we're all we're all have our own opinions on it. Uh, Sabrina, as well as in the chat again, watching Clone Wars makes the prequels better. Honestly, okay, yeah, I haven't seen Clone Wars, but uh, yeah, if it does, then thank you. I might have a watch of it. Uh, Will says the Battlefront games. Oh my god, yeah, exactly. Will nostalgia. 100%. Um, JD says, I still feel Hi-Fi Rush is my game of the year at the moment. Interesting. Uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake, a close setting, second. Yeah, that's obviously Aaron reviewed that for us as well. Um, amazing game as well, that he said. Um, uh, Kawaii Kishu as well is in the chat again. The only Star Wars I've experienced is the Journey to Batu Sims expansion. Oh, I've uh, seen that. Yeah, that looks yeah, like fun. That's pretty cool. That's um, like me with Fortnite. That's the only Star Wars I'll experience is the new Fortnite collab coming yeah, out. Yeah. Can I just say, we're missing out on Master Chief being in Warzone with the Activision uh, Blizzard. Microsoft that, that could still happen. That could still happen. I mean, yeah, it could, it could still happen, I suppose. Will yeah. said, this season of Mando is so bad. Oh, don't say that. I've been really wanting to catch up on that. I thought um, it was good. Okay. I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to uh, see what you thought of that. Uh, Adam as well. As someone who spent literal weeks of my youth fighting my friends with toy lightsabers, I confirm. I can confirm the high ground is overrated. Yeah, if only someone told Anakin that, then uh, we wouldn't have had all the films after it. We wouldn't have Darth Vader. So, yeah, I just I thought they could have done it better. That's all. All I'm saying. Um, and uh, to- uh, in regards to Star Wars Jedi Survivor, um, Aaron, uh, when do- it comes out Friday on all platforms yeah so it comes out on friday and interestingly it's the it's um it's only ps5 and xbox series x and pc so this is pretty much the one of the few examples of a third party release that isn't cross-gen that's sort of leaving playstation 4 and the xbox one generation behind Mm. and um just before we went live i was looking at um some other people's reviews and they pick up on the same issues that I had that the one flaw that I had with star Wars Jedi survivor is that from a technical perspective, some of the planets that you get to explore are so huge and so ambitious that um, playing in the performance mode, which obviously is aiming to run at a steady 60 frames per second, something Redfall apparently can't do at launch. Um, um, it will constantly during the like heavy moments when you're you go from ground to air or some cinematic spectacle engages or there it, it, it can chug a little bit but having said that i think it's still a really beautiful looking game and if you've got a playstation 5 or if you've got an xbox, xbox series x then you owe it to yourself to play one of the best games uh, of this year um Scott actually uh, reviewed Resident Evil 4 for us, but I obviously, I have played it through twice. I would have given that game a five star as well. And I promise, I want to promise everybody that I don't give out five stars willy nilly, but Dead Space, I would have given a five. Well, I did give it a five. Resi 4, I would have given a five. And now this, I've given a five. Metroid Prime Remastered, that came out. I know that's also in some people's Game of the Year conversations. I think by nature of it being like a remaster, it's kind of like unfair ground but yeah. um yeah i think like with these three games out now on, on just on the triple a level with tears of the kingdom still to come you know i like what i played from the diablo uh four beta and then we got final fantasy 16 after that i really feel like 
that this generation is finally starting to come into its own uh, from a AAA level. Like it's been promises, 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 and now we're finally starting to see the fruits of everyone's labor. So it's really good. Spider Man yeah. Two later this year as well. Yeah, the new Call of Duty twenty twenty three, well... Sports FC twenty four <laughs> later on this year, F one twenty three. Call of Duty twenty twenty three. We don't know what's going to call it. There will be yeah. one. Uh, it's Sorry. Just what, what it's gonna if be it's called. a Black Ops game, I'll play it. I like the Black Ops games. Yeah. Um, but on on that, you talk about it being only on the current gen consoles rather than the old gen consoles. Do you think that that had an impact on how successful or how successful it was in developing the game and how good it looks? Because I've seen some people talk about how the fact that these publishers are having to make games for the old gen consoles are kind of holding them back from development time that they could spend on you know otherwise optimizing the games. Do you think that, do you think that's a fair criticism? I think it's fair because obviously I, I feel like it's a lot of skews to make. Like, mm-hmm. you know, with PlayStation, PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4, that's two skews there. Then you've got to do the same for Series X and Xbox One, then PC, potentially if your game's on Switch. It's just a lot to, to handle. So um, what I would say is that Star Wars Jedi Survivor, it is built on using Unreal Engine 4 still because it, it, before it was... Um, it entered development before Unreal Engine 5 was uh, released and widely available. So because of that, I feel like that's part of the reason why it's still struggling technically. But you can sense the ambition from the team and everything that it tries to do. And um, when I played God of War Ragnarok last year, obviously that was a PS4 and PS5 game. It ran as smooth as butter, as you'd expect from a first party PlayStation game. And that was a particular dig towards Scott, if he's still in the chat, by the way. Um, <laughs> but a but thing that that game did was obviously Kratos was still sliding his way through cracks in the wall. Like that was a way for the, for developers to like hide the loads and stuff like that. And unfortunately, I think as a result of Unreal Engine 4 still being used for Star Wars Jedi Survivor, there's still those moments where Cal has to sort of like, you know, move in. You're, sometimes you're waiting for elevators. There's a particular um, diner that you'll go to uh, on one of the first planets you explore, which ends up being your your base planet, Cabal, I believe it's called, or Cobol. Um, and there's basically a diner there. And literally every time you wait, you go to enter it, I'd say there's probably about a 10 second wait where you're being mm. analyzed in front of the door. Um, so for as much as this s- sort of wants to take advantage of current gen hardware, I don't think we've fully seen the capabilities of the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X yet, but it is, it's like a step in the right direction. And honestly, like the, the big new feature for this game, as well as the customization options for Cal, are the fact that there's five new lightsaber stances. Uh, well, not five new ones, but five in total, two of which are new. So in the first game, you obviously got the standard lightsaber uh, swing, uh, and then you've also got the double lightsaber swing, which is the uh, Darth Maul sort of stance. Then you also had the fact that you could dual wield and take those apart. But now Survivor introduces both the cross guard heavy stance, which is something that you'd see Kylo Ren use from the sequel trilogy. And basically how that differs from the standard lightsaber swing is that um, your attacks are a lot more heavy and you're able to deal a lot more damage. But of course it opens you up to uh, attacks because your movements are a lot slower. And then the the second new uh, lightsaber stance, which is the one I ended up uh, preferring over the new crossguard one, is the blaster and lightsaber combo. And leading up to uh, the release of Star Wars Jedi Survivor, a lot of fans were kind of like, oh, I don't know, a Jedi using a blaster? Are they going to get away with this? But fortunately, um, obviously, this is set in between the events of Episode 3 and Episode 4, five years after the first game. So we're sort of in that period where, you know, Jedi are on the run. They're not really technically meant to exist. And Cal sort of justifies it to himself by saying, like, anything to stop the Empire at all cost. And he picks up that gun. And it works really well in terms of, like, letting you deal damage up close with your lightsaber, but also just peppering shots so you can damage their block, so you can go up to them and sort of... Yeah, so... 
if it isn't evident already, like from a from a technical perspective, is this the most sort of I don't know detailed and minute? Is this the Elden Ring of Star Wars games in terms of like what's asked of you in terms of combat? Probably not. Even though those Dark Soul elements from the first game still are there, enemies regenerate at meditation points, and you have to regain your XP if you die upon death. But um, I'd, I'd say this is, if anything, this is much more approachable than the first uh, Star Wars game. And whereas before it felt like with Jed with Fallen Order. Disney or LucasArts, whoever it was at the time, very much had their leash on Respawn. Because let's not forget, like a third-person action game with melee-focused combat, this is unlike anything that Respawn had tackled before, the guys behind uh, Titanfall, Apex Legends. And now with this second game, I feel like Disney are completely just let go of the leash, said, do what you want, we trust you, go and make the best Jedi game you can. And I believe they did it, hence why it got my five stars again. Yeah, Big up Respawn, big up. Yeah, I don't... Honestly, man, they're putting other studios to shame like uh, studios work hard obviously getting any triple a game out is literally a miracle but when you've got microsoft not to bring it back again but it sort of ties into the first story they own all these first party studios the initiative the coalition that can't release a game you know on a consistent basis despite having the financial backing and then you've got respawn which yeah is owned by electronic arts but you know they're constantly providing updates for apex legends apparently they've got another form of titanfall game in the works honestly absolute heroes absolute heroes can I ask about the diner? Is the mm. the diner music playing the iconic diner? <laughs> it is not. Okay. Careful, we don't it's want to not. get copyright. Stru- oh, sorry, stru- sorry. Uh, Nathan. We'll that was that very out. close. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not. That was. <laughs> it's not that uh, diner music, unfortunately. But there's a lot of Easter eggs in the game. I wouldn't surprise if it's in there somewhere. Yeah, cool. that's really interesting. Do you have to be a Star Wars fan to pick it up, or do you think you can you can just, or do you need to know what the lore yeah. is? It is it is it something where you need to know? I'm just asking for a friend. No. It's a, yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I think, yeah, I finished off my review by saying, this is verbatim, if you love Star Wars or any, or even if you don't, you'd be remiss to deny yourself one of the best games of 2023 so far. Um, and I think for the most part, that's true. If you just want to go in, enjoy a great story about empathetic characters and explore some cool alien worlds, you can. Uh, it helps that there's a massive recap uh, cutscene that is pretty epic that plays before and you can access it anytime from the menu. But if people were to ask me, should I jump straight into this one or should I play Fallen Order first? I'd say play this first because it's the smoother experience. You won't get every reference or appreciate every story element, but... Um, and it might make going back to Fallen Order a bit uh, awkward to go back to, but there's so much game here that, yeah, I just say go in and enjoy the latest, newest, and best. Callie in the chat, I will pick up on that. Callie says, is the scream in there? And I think what they mean by that is the famous Wilhelm scream, which is the, yeah, Wah! you know, that's used in many movies and a lot of uh, Star Wars again? movies. Wah! <laughs> <laughs> like it. Nothing like it. But I have it's more of a, ah! like that. That's, that's it, yeah. Oh, God. Ah! Yeah, oh my yeah. god! <laughs> Do you not know you that not... screamer, Jasmine? No, 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 no. It no. sounds you... like you guys are just making weird no. noises. Wouldn't you hear it? It's in pretty yeah. much every film. It's mad. And, how, and how funny enough, it is. I think it was about yeah. two weeks ago. Somebody actually tracked down the source of the original scream, and oh, really? it was known by it was known as "Man Being Attacked by Alligator." <laughs> so yeah, they basically went to a foley stage and. That's the kind of description they gave the actor, and that's what he came up with. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, Callie says, Jasmine, bit of a mic issue. I, I just think she wasn't speaking. I don't know. Um, no, I had. I, so, I'm sorry. I had no input on on the Solvers <laughs> discussion. <laughs> sorry. No, and uh, JD says, Respawn do a fantastic job with their games. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Be interesting to see what they do with uh, Titanfall, which is such a 
which is such an interesting series as well of games. Um, and then Callie, uh, this might be an in, in joke or something, but no, I know Jasmine, this is yeah, Jasmine, fake Lego fan. Um, in Lego Star Wars, that scream is in it like throughout. Is oh, it? right, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Is I it? I feel like every time R two D two like flies off of a platform or something, it might happen. Wow. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, Maybe I yeah. just like wasn't paying enough attention because clearly you guys know exactly what games this screen is in. <laughs> you're paying so much attention to it. Maybe I'm just enjoying the game for what it is and not sitting there listening out for like this yeah. one sound effect to to reoccur. It, a bunch go of on YouTube time. now. Go on YouTube now and have a yeah. See yeah do it can... now, Jasmine. Yeah, live, live. <laughs> I want I want I want you. I want your mind to be blown about what how. What should I how search? Often... Aaron, how do you spell it? Wilhelm scream. Uh, if somebody in the chat could type it, I'll type it in our chat. Yeah. Actually, uh, Callie says I used to jump off just to hear the scream. So that's that's how common it is. But um, let's there see Jasmine's live reaction. How often have you heard this scream? Um... Are you bringing it up, Jasmine? <laughs> this is very professional. Watch though, Mojo. Watch Mojo has done a top ten Wilhelm screams. Oh, there you go. There you go. Compilation. Apparently, could, it was could... in Toy Story. Oh yeah, it's oh. in loads of films. If you want just the scream, I can send you like the three second uh, link to it. Oh no! I've never no. I just heard. I've never heard that before. Oh. Well, I probably have, but I haven't taken note of the fact just that not I've processed heard that before. it. Yeah, just no, not processed it's not like familiar enough that it's like ingrained in my brain. Every <laughs> now and then, like, I'll watch a film scream. and I'll be like, "That that's the scream again." I yeah. honestly, yeah, it's kind of like an in joke amongst like just everyone who makes films. There must be like. Hundreds yeah. more scream sound effects they could well, use. I don't, but that I don't make films. I'm so sorry. It's not, I'm not part <laughs> no, but of you watch joke. films, do you not? God. Not really. No. Uh, Adam, uh, Adam, and uh, and Callie uh, are also in the chat again. Adam said, "Really good point." Jasmine is too young to understand it. Probably that's probably the what the issue is. Oh, Callie says, go. "I'm younger than Jasmine. How surely she knows it?" Apparently yeah. not, Callie. Apparently not. Oh, um, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. I like that. We didn't say anything about your age then, Jasmine. That was totally the commenters that were riffing into yeah, our... absolutely. There we uh, go. Oh, family. Jasmine was born in 2001. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on. But there is something that Jasmine really understands. As she understands <laughs> gaming hardware. These segues are yeah. terrible. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was good. What? Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, the Asus ROG Alloy... Uh, alloy? The I, I'm thinking about Horizon <laughs> for Midwest. Uh, the Asus ROG Alloy specs have been revealed. Mirror Gamer invited to a preview event of the Asus ROG Alloy, which is the Steam Deck competitor, the gaming gaming handheld PC, uh, which they give us a few details. We've done a video on it on the Mirror Gamer YouTube channel, which you can go and check out. Which Jasmine has done a fantastic video of. You can go and check that out now. Um, but basically, we know a little bit more about the Alloy. Um, we didn't know it was real. Uh, April, the April Fools. We thought it was an April Fools joke. We talked about it on the pod. It wasn't. We were a bit like, "What? What is this going on?" And then now it's like almost nearly here, which is mad. Like a month later, um, what do we know about the the ROG Ally that we didn't before? What What's new? Um, so the main sort of thing that we we saw in the preview was the actual specifications of the device itself. So we found out that it's going to have an AMD Ryzen Z1 slash AMD Ryzen Z1 Extreme processor. So they did show off both of those processors, which hopefully means there are going to be two different versions of the device. Sort of like a maybe a mid-range one and then like a, a more powerful one or something like that. We know that it's going to be running on Windows 11. That's a really big, really big point. Remember that, everyone. It's going to be running on Windows 11. Um, 16 gigabytes of DDR5 RAM. Um, 
Oh, yep, there's my video. Um, you can watch it live now on the Mirror Gaming YouTube channel. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry, is that have... is that off-putting? Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I love staring at my own face while I'm talking. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it's also going to have a 512 gigabyte PCIe Gen 4 SSD, um, which is similar to what is in the Steam Deck as well. Um, and it has a micro SD slot for expansion which is weird because that's what's in the nintendo switch and that's what everyone complains about oh my god if you put games onto a micro sd card they're gonna be really slow but apparently that's not going to be the case i don't know what on earth asus have managed to do to to fix that but apparently that's not going to be the case um a 120 hertz screen 1080p better than the steam deck that's big better than the steam deck and dual front-facing speakers Uh, i'm not gonna say what they're powered by because i can't pronounce it correctly so what dolby atmos yeah um so overall <laughs> based on specifications alone this device is going to be really up there it's going to sort of be out the the steam deck but the one thing we don't know about it is how much it's going to cost yes so that's the big question here is if it comes out at like triple the cost of the steam deck does it really matter if it's better does it mm. Because I don't want to spend over a grand on a handheld device, you know. Especially when you can buy, you can buy a very decent gaming PC for a grand yep. nowadays. Yeah. With a very good graphics card, very good CPU that can mm-hmm. play, you know, games at 1080p, like over 200 frames a second, quite easily um, mm-hmm. as well. Um, I know that have... both of you guys have Steam decks, right? Yes. So there we go. Do the obligatory. Both of you guys have Steam Deck. Steam Deck dance. Where's yeah, do you yeah. think you Where's would Where's the ROG up... alloy, Jasmine? Have you, got, have you got it? I keep calling it an alloy. Why do I keep calling it an alloy? Oh, there we go. Um, sure enough, the full one. No, I have, I have a, I have a G Cloud that I'm not allowed to show because that's under embargo, and I have a Nintendo oh. Switch here. <laughs> you didn't have to say that. <laughs> no, it's out already. I just oh, can't show okay. it. Yeah, it's okay. out already. I just can't show it. Tease. Um, and then I've got a Nintendo Switch. This is my. This is my Asus ROG Alloy. <laughs> nice. So, upgrade. Uh, what do you think based on these specs? I mean, of course, I would because it you, it gets capable of running my favorite uh, service, Xbox Game Pass, if it can run Windows Eleven. I feel like that's going to be <laughs> yeah. a lot of the appeal for most people, right? Well, that's yeah, the thing, it can run it? Yeah. any. It can run any gaming client that you can run on a standard gaming PC, which is something that the Steam Deck can't do. Yeah, so... Steam Deck runs on Linux, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, it runs SteamOS on Linux. Yeah. So Windows 11. I don't know um, if it means it's going to have a lot of productivity features as well, like being able to sort of like browse on the internet, check your emails, write emails or whatever. Maybe you could run, I don't know how powerful it's going to be. Maybe you could run Photoshop. I don't know who's going to be using Photoshop <laughs> on a little handheld console, but if you wanted to, you could. Or editing videos, stuff like that. If it can run Windows 11, I can't see why it wouldn't be able to do that. So that could be interesting. And mm. I feel like this takes the rog um ally from being just like a handheld device to actually being a portable gaming pc as Mm. as what people try to refer to the steam deck as i just don't think the steam deck is a portable gaming pc i don't see it as like that at all can i ask you a question jasmine yeah because obviously a a large part of the appeal with the steam deck is the ability to play um steam games uh 
on the go. And mm-hmm. I feel like because the Steam Deck is the product of Valve it's, it, itself, like it comes mm-hmm. from the store owner, they I thought they were very good with what they did with their OS options in terms of like they created a custom layout for the store and like, you know, user UI that really if I, I've always said to people, like if you want to play, you know, PS3 sort of 360 era games or like recent indies that come out on the go and they're not available on Switch, then it's only mad people like Nathan that tries playing Elden Ring on the Steam Deck. He must get like 40 <laughs> minutes worth of playtime out of it. But um, the battery life is a separate issue. I've always it's said that. This, yeah. But that <laughs> the just needs the on the go purpose. Yeah. yeah. Play it the Steam Deck in. sort of like solves that issue. Whereas I feel like because this is coming from, is it a- ASOS? ASUS. ASUS. Oh, Asus. 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 Something's a bit sus about Asus. Um, No. Um, (laughs) Do you think, have they said anything about like here is like, obviously it can run any client you want, but wouldn't that Mm -hmm. then require the owners and makers of those clients to sort of, you know, retrofit it? a version of it for the yeah uh, that is that is a big question that i have for when the device is actually going to be out um is how optimized the games will be because yeah. that was even an issue with um with the steam deck is that you could access any game that was on steam um but whether or not the game was optimized was like a whole different thing right you can access yeah. them but whether it's playable is like luck of the draw um so i think that it does kind of again limit the ability that a lot of um indie game developers are going to have to be able to to sort of optimize their game for this very brand new random product like optimizing a game for a whole console optimizing game for a whole platform makes sense having to then further optimize your game to run on windows but on a handheld edition of a windows computer it's like i I just don't see it being realistic for a lot of titles. Um, Unless there's a version for like the, the in, like let's say indie devs, they're like, okay, here's the Steam Deck version. What do we have to do to get it on? Potentially, to, that's what yeah. I'm I'm hoping to see because otherwise, it just kind of will be. I don't know because even in that case, it's like it's just going to be another Steam Deck, right? It's just going to be like it's going to have the same list of optimized games. And then it's probably going to be more expensive than the Steam Deck. So then it just makes more sense to get the Steam Deck. Um, and like another thing, like this is a very small thing that popped into my head. But, you know, they they talk about how the it's going to have touchscreen. And that's kind of like, well, when are you ever going to use touchscreen when you're playing a PC game? That's like just not really going to Windows happen. tried that. Windows 8, didn't they? Remember yeah. They did the Windows yeah, they 8 did. touchscreen and no, just no one did touchscreen stuff. Yeah, no I had one. like a, I had a touchscreen computer, Windows 8 touchscreen computer and I think I used the touchscreen like twice. Yeah. Point yeah. and click adventure games is the only thing I can think of yeah. that it yeah. might come in handy where you tap yeah. and then your character will like walk and you can interact yeah. with things that way. Maybe, But then yeah. again, if that's not built into the game because, yeah. you know, developers aren't, doing unless you, there's a way for like the touch screen to mimic the functions of the mouse i'm not sure yeah what's really interesting to me is looking at these images if it's at a decent price and it's twice the power of a steam deck mm-hmm. if you do want a pc but you you're half at home half out and you want yeah. something that's portable the fact that you can plug it in and it's a pc yep yeah that that's a big draw I wonder where they got that idea from. Yeah, it's it's revolutionary. You can get um, <laughs> you can get docks obviously the same way you can with the Steam Deck to, yes. to use like peripherals and stuff like that as well. Yeah. So I think the thing is is that with the Steam Deck is that the Steam Deck the output that the Steam Deck has makes it like a supplemental option rather than like a primary gaming console in my opinion. 
Yeah. You guys are welcome to fight me on that, but in my opinion, that's what I believe. So I think given the power that Asus are promising, if the ROG ally actually lives up to that, then it could be like a main platform for so many gamers. And it could be like a, a bit of an easier way for people to access PC gaming, which is something that is really intimidating for a lot of people because they're worried about buying pre-builds because they're really mm. expensive. They're worried about building the computer themselves because obviously it's, it is an intimidating task. And some people just don't want to get like a laptop because the performance of a laptop isn't really like up there compared to a lot of um, PCs. So Look, this can you just subtweet me option. next? Can you just tag me in your subtweet next time, Jasmine? When it comes to <laughs> mirror game, when it comes to laptops, please. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, Adam's in the comments um, as well. Forgive my ignorance. If it's Windows, is it not just a tablet with buttons? Um, well, we don't know that yet. We haven't had our hands <laughs> on yet, and that is something that is a bit like worrying. Yeah. Um, but I mean, tablets don't have GPUs, right? It doesn't have a GPU. It has a one singular APU, which is a CPU and GPU in one. Yeah, but the, a, a tablet would just have like a an Apple chip, wouldn't it? Which is just a yeah. CPU. Um, yeah. Which is that's what I was getting at. Just yeah, but but even power. even the chip though, it has like inbuilt graphics, right? But yeah. So yeah, this is kind of the same thing. Who knows? I don't want to like say yeah. that it's going to be the best thing in the world because I haven't used it yet. Yeah. So who knows? It could end up just being like this amazing promise that they've made and then you actually hold it in your hands and it is like using yeah. an iPad. Yeah. Aaron, what would what would make you buy it at this point? Um I, I get an I I um more so than Steam before I, I, I got the Steam Deck, I would use the Epic Game Store because they have like a some sales that are different there and certain games it doesn't happen so much these days uh do release exclusively on the epic game store mm -hmm. so i feel like that is the core appeal to me um is the ability to use uh, multiple storefronts and apps not just one so that's why like with the touchscreen conversation yeah it'd probably be nice but obviously anybody who's anybody that's got a portable device knows that you know fingerprints are you know something to be avoided at all costs mm -hmm. so that's not something that worries me um so, yeah, I, I definitely consider it. it. It does come down to price at the end of the day. And I feel like the fact that they aren't talking about it, they're not even talking about when it comes out, because this is the thing now. I feel like the, the, the major challenge that any um, Steam Deck killer or competitor to the Steam Deck has to face is that if you're not going to be first, then you have to be the best. And Steam Deck mm -hmm. was first. And not only was it first, but it was very quickly welcomed in the hearts of minds of uh, players. And not just like, about pc players or people that want a second way to play their pc games either but like casual players that have been hearing so much about this amazing indie scene happening all over at steam but could never afford obviously a gaming pc pc setup them of them for them bleh, get my words out by themselves so um i feel like the price is a major factor and obviously similar to what we were saying about microsoft earlier valve is a big company they can afford to eat the cost but now that they've got everybody uh, with the Steam Deck, it's permeated so much. And for ASOS to kind of like chip away at that even a little bit, I think for the vast majority of people, um, even though multiple storefronts and having access to that uh, would be better uh, for me, I think for a lot of people, you're going to need a lot more. And um, I don't know if 120 hertz, well, to people that are informed, it's a, it's a sexy statistic. For a lot of people, they're going to be like, <laughs> well, what does that mean? You know, 120 hertz. Yeah. And another thing is that, why hasn't this thing got an OLED screen as well? Because every time I move from my Nintendo Switch OLED to a Steam Deck, I, I do have yeah. to like process for a second. Yeah. But, yeah. 
I didn't know ASOS stopped selling clothes and started making hardware. That's an uh, interesting development. <laughs> Don't even start with me, man. Don't, like, come on now. Who was, was around first? <laughs> ASOS or Asus? I don't know. And then you've got Acer. What's going on with these yeah. company names? Yeah. yeah, they're already confusing. I'll let you off there. Yeah. Um, um, I think the thing is, I, I do kind of get where Aaron's coming from in the sense that, you know, if you're not first, you have to be the best. But even, even if it is the best, I still feel like it might be a too little too late in the sense that if a lot of people have a steam deck now which is sort of the case a lot of people have steam decks because they've become a lot more accessible now they're not facing as many stock issues and they're people, cheap yeah they're like less than 500 quid you can get the um like base model that doesn't have an ssd in it for literally like 359 pounds i think um so that's really right, cheap compared to yeah. a like pc um even sort of like that sort of coming into sort of nintendo switch territory so um loads of people probably have them now even if the asus rog ally comes out and it's amazing and it's the best handheld gaming pc on the market people just aren't gonna get rid of their their steam decks and and replace them when they don't need to especially if they're content with it if it's yeah it's getting the job done um you know most people don't play Elden ring on their steam decks because they're not literally insane um so you know if asus came out and said right elden ring minimum five hour playtime on the on the ally then well uh, in terms of elden ring specifically i mean mm -hmm. like i feel like that would be enough to like sway that's a good benchmark yeah but... i think i think sorry the thing, no i think i think the thing for me would be price would be a huge mm -hmm. factor battery life mm -hmm. is a huge factor um cooling because the steam deck i don't know aaron if you tried to play elden ring it chugs. It, it it's it's like Thomas the Tank Engine. It blows. We actually so do much, have so information air. on the cooling. Um, they've used like uh, a cooling medium which is 3D, which means that no matter how you're holding the console, you can hold it upside down, and it will still cool just as effectively. That's cool. Yeah. And the um, the back base of the cooling isn't actually attached to the back base of the um, frame of the console whatever it's called like the casing of it so when you're holding it in your hands it you're, it's not going to feel hot is what they've mm. claimed mm. i don't know how realistic that is given how small the device is obviously going to be realistically yeah. even if the cooling system isn't touching the plastic casing yeah. that doesn't mean that heat transfer isn't going to happen but they have said that they've said you can hold it in your hands yeah. and it can get really hot and your hands aren't going to get warm that's 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 that sounds cool. too good to be true. That's really cool, Jasmine. Thanks whole, for that, Nathan. That was a really good joke. <laughs> I said that, that earlier and no one got it, so I thought I'd just repeat it. Just so Ignoring that dad joke and moving swiftly on. Um, <laughs> I'd say, like, the heating thing, I don't know about you, Nathan, but it's not it's not really an issue for me. Like, sometimes it can get hot. and it Because can you don't play Elden Ring on your well, Steam Deck because you're not that. insane. I'm trying to think what the most graphically intense game I've played on my Steam Deck. It might have been something like, because basically in advance of Jedi Survivor coming out, uh, Fallen Order was on sale there, so I did play the first couple of hours of that, and it seemed to struggle, which is weird because I don't know if you remember, but when Steam Deck came out, Fallen Order, and I believe The Witcher Three, it was like one of the games that they were promoting. Like, oh, look at this game; it runs portably yeah. in your hands. Yeah, so that was quite cool. So the fact that it's still struggling to run that game on sort of like mid settings is is a bit concerning. Yeah. But in in terms of my experience with the Steam Deck and the heating pro problem specifically, is that it 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 doesn't really matter how graphically intense it is; it just depends on how optimized how well optimized it is uh for the steam deck because i've played like you know full 3d triple a games on there and i might not have gotten like a lot of playtime out of it but i'd say it's kept 
cool. And then all of a sudden you'll put a game on there from like five years ago that should run on an Xbox 360 and the Steam Deck will be like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah. Know what happened. I think that, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the thing for me that I think Steam, well, Valve, sorry, Valve got so right with the Steam Deck is that when you think about portable gaming, no one cares how it looks. Let's be honest. People, people. I, I really no, care but, how it looks. R- no, really, I think though. The Nintendo Switch looks weird as hell, and that's why I don't ever take it outside unless I really have to. We have. Well, how are you going to feel with the Ally and the RGB, which we haven't even talked about yet? No, yeah, that's really. what I love. But that's I what I love. My point is that, like, <laughs> I if I Elden Ring looks okay on there, obviously, because it's a 720p screen, the Steam Deck, it doesn't look as good as the 1440p monitor I've got. But I understand that because it's a smaller screen, it's going to look better than it actually is because it's a smaller screen. So yeah, yeah. the smaller the screen, the the uh, the less you're going to know the difference. Mm-hmm. If you talk about a Nintendo Switch versus a Steam Deck, obviously there's a huge difference. But if mm-hmm. you, I'm re- going to be really interested to see if you put asus are on about it's double the, the performance fine but if you put the if you put the ally next to the steam deck does it look twice as good it is not going to look twice i'm it's definitely not i'm just calling it now yeah it's not going to look twice as good mm-hmm. and if it's twice the 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 uh price but the game the games don't look they look marginally better for me that's just not they're not in the right but realm that's like of, if just about the games looking better that is a big thing the performance is going to be yeah. better but it's yeah. also about you know having access to windows 11, having like access to a bunch of different libraries and um it is also about even if the screen itself is small and blah 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 if you're then using it as an actual computer with a dock yeah. you want the output to be 1080p at least you know yeah. you can't you can't plug your 720p steam deck into a 1080p monitor and it's just going to look weird it's not going to look nice so if you are intending to use it as like a actual computer then you know that's that's where that comes in i think the, the other elephant in the room which we haven't talked about is i feel like asus or asos whatever they're called i don't know um <laughs> with their the ally there are are you called rog are you called asus what's going on i sound like such a luddite or like an old man shouts at cloud Correct, if but... I'm wrong, but asus <laughs> is the hardware manufacturer and then rog republic of gamers is their kind of gaming division brand yes, it is. Yeah. so yeah right. so it, so it's like um i get I'm you think, i'm struggling asus. it's like sony and playstation i don't know why you keep saying asus yeah. asus Ace, I, 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 asus. Say asus. I, I always say asus, asus. I don't, it's I don't a U. Dolby Atmos. Jesus. It um, sounds better. Okay, right. Carry on, Aaron, with what you were saying. A- Did you say, almost say Aaron? Oh, my God. No. Pronunciation no, all over the shop. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say, that you like Asus, I feel like they've got, they feel like, oh, look at us. We're getting the jump on the Steam Deck. We've made things that's twice as powerful as the Steam Deck. Yeah. Guys. Guys. <laughs> Asus, are you out there? Do you mean to tell me that you don't think that Valve are working on a version two of the Steam Deck right now that is more powerful can last longer and can run games a lot better because like and i feel like asus itself probably recognizes that hence why it's trying to get it out so quickly like they've not mentioned anything yet quick 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 because the steam deck is a proven thing and people have a built-in trust factor for valve because of the steam deck and do you know what the most impressive thing about the steam deck is is does anybody else remember steam machines when valve tried making their own dedicated like pc gaming out of the box devices like before the steam deck any form whether it be the the valve controller or the steam machines they any hardware made by Valve was sent out to die, and the Steam Deck was the one that cracked it. So I feel like they've got every incentive in the world to kind of stick to their guns with the Steam Deck market. 
But um, you'd think that, but the Steam Deck isn't even available worldwide yet. You still can't really buy not? a Steam Deck if you're in Australia. There's, you still can't buy it. So, right. but but is the Ally on... coming to Australia? Yes, it is. It will be coming up globally. So I've been told I don't want. We, ju at... we just don't know when or how much for. <laughs> we just know when the launch event, event is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Event. It's all coming yeah. out. No what are they launching at this event? It's going to be. No idea when it's going to come out. No, no idea what the battery investor, life is. This is what I love to hear. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I love, love but we know it's coming. Um, but th this is the thing. It's coming out. There's a global launch event, which which infers <laughs> that it will be launching globally. Hopefully, we can only assume. But the Steam Deck still isn't available in, in some countries around the world. So for them to be working on a Steam Deck 2, which I don't doubt, I do think they are working on it. Um, if not before, definitely now. Um, but they haven't even brought their original first first console to, to so many different places. Yeah. And people are having to, to ship it out through different yeah. like shipping methods just to get it in their country. I don't know about that. We've got a couple of comments yeah. that I'll, I'll read out. Uh, JD is mm -hmm. back in the chat. Um, I would like a Steam Deck, but it won't make me forget the Vita PSP. Oh, back in the day. Vita, uh, respect. Where was everyone my, when the Vita was released? I've got my PSP here. Got your PSP. I don't know where my Vita is, but... There we go. Vita means life. Look at that bad boy there. <laughs> there you go. I wonder if I've got a disc in it. Hold on. Yeah, what have you got? I think you mean your U Universal Media disc. Oh, yeah, of course. A oh, UMD. Empty. Oh, that was anticlimactic. Yeah, we... yeah, <laughs> just go past that one. Um, yeah, uh, Callie, I was thinking that. Uh, know nothing about Steam Deck, but seems like a glorified Vita to me. Heresy, heresy. Uh, JD in the chat. I, I cared about how PSP looked when GTA Liberty City Stories was running on it. Um, really, J JD? Do you mean that because Liberty City was it bad on the PSP? Is that what you said? No, I feel like that was like. Rockstar ported a legit GTA game to a yeah. portable console. Like, that was a yeah. major moment, and that it looked was, yeah. pretty much on par with the PS2. Yeah, yeah. we can all agree that the Steam Deck launching is sort of a new era. Like the fact that these companies are coming out, like you've got your Asus, you've got potentially Sony with their PlayStation mm. handheld, which is rumoured. Logitech right. have got theirs. Razer, I think, have got their their own potentially. Um, I don't know. Do know. I'm sure I've seen something, but there's, yeah. there seems to be. I just I find it really exciting when there's like a new product category that comes out, and everyone's mm -hmm. like kind of trying to up themselves and just show, show the innovation. And we we're just going to get so much excitement through the through these products. And and who have we got to thank for it? Nintendo. That is they true. Proved, yeah, they proved the market, man, and it took everybody five or so years to catch up. It's wild. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. But that, I mean, start with the Game Boy, didn't it? The game That's what I was going to say. Well, Handheld yeah. consoles go way, way back. And just because yeah. the PSP didn't do as well as, as Sony thought it would, I think they just abandoned it all. And a lot of companies oh, used that as like... The PSP you know. performed well. It was the Vita that let us down a little bit. Yeah, well, I meant the line of, you know, PlayStation <laughs> Portable. But yeah. I think like a lot of companies saw it not performing as well as, as sort of like the Nintendo DS and stuff. Yeah. And they were like, okay, maybe this is the death of handheld consoles. Yeah. And maybe that that was the case. Maybe it just wasn't the right time for handheld consoles. Everyone started getting into into actual mobiles. Yeah, phones started coming out. People started getting into using actual consoles. I think it probably wasn't the right time. But now people are starting to stray back into that. You know, people are getting busy with their lives again. Yeah. People are actually out and about, and they need something that they can have on the go. It seems like the perfect time for all of these companies yeah. to capitalize on that. I will say, like, I know you take the mic out of me for playing Elden Ring on the Steam Deck, but 
it's yeah. genuinely like revolutionized the experience for me because i don't have that much time to sit down at my pc and game for a couple of hours at a time my the way my life is just doesn't it doesn't fit into that the way the way it works for me is that i have 20 30 minutes to grab something and play a level or two and then put it back down again and the steam i was using the nintendo switch before and it was a decent obviously i you know played um breath of the wild and completed it and all that kind of stuff but being able to pick up a triple a game like elden ring for 20 minutes and then go through one boss and level up some weapons and then think okay what do i need to do now get to this place and then okay i've got 10 minutes left i quickly do this and then put it back down again to be able to do that portably and then when i get time i can log on to my pc and pick up where i left off it's just it's such a magic thing that even a couple of years ago I didn't think would be would be possible and now it's now it's possible. Um, for me, that's just um, the fact you can pay Elden Ring like that uh, is is incredible. And I think there's probably a lot of people out there like me who don't have the time to sit at a PC and have a gaming session for a couple of hours. They just want to pick something up and play it for half an hour, and that wasn't possible before, and it is possible now. Um, I don't know if that's resonates with you, Aaron, the way that you use your Steam Deck. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because I feel like for the longest time, like back when I, you know, I would say like the first generation of handheld consoles going back to the Game Boy, moving up through the, yeah. the PSP and the Nintendo DS. As a kid, it was like amazing because it just made like car journeys like fly yes. by and I would take it out to, if I were to visit my grandparents or anything like that. Like being able to game anywhere before, you know, the launch of the iOS app store and things like that. It was revolutionary. Whereas these days... Uh, I'm not too sure if you guys would agree with me, Nathan. It sounds like this is the case for you. Like my Steam Deck and my Nintendo Switch allow me to play anywhere in the house where I want. Yes. And it's very yeah. rare that I'll actually yeah. take it outside. So it's funny that yeah. we're having this debate about like, you know, battery life, Asus, like, oh, it looks sh- stupid out in public or whatever. When the real the thing is, is that we're all just getting lazier and lazier and lazier. And we like to do multiple things at once because we're constantly being affected well, it's by the, just con- the content obviously- machine. Now that we're adults, when we're going out to places, it's not against our will. You know, like when I was a kid, I was like going to grandma's house in the back of the car, sitting there thinking, I just want to go home and play on my Xbox. So now I'm not obviously, I don't need to be preoccupied with a device so I don't scream and shout when I'm at my grandma's house and cause a ruckus. So I think that's more, I think it's less about being lazy. Definitely I'm getting lazier, but that's not really what it's about for me anyway. Yeah. But um, Jasmine's not lazy. There's the headline, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. But I, I don't know about you, Aaron. I've took my Steam Deck out on a couple of train journeys, like traveling for work and things like that. And sometimes it does feel a, a bit uh, when you've got like when you just plonk out on the table and it's it's quite a big thing. It um, is big, yeah. yeah. When you first got your Steam Deck out, when we got on the train to Manchester together, I was really, I was like whoa that's so big yeah, yeah like, you it's just like getting out it on a laptop, the table yeah yeah it, it, you do feel a little bit silly obviously playing Elden ring or something you immediately forget because yeah. you're just in the game whatever but um it does i did exactly that big. on monday to the train uh, on the train like when i was going to london like I, I did take my steam deck with me there was an indie game i really wanted to play and um i i, I was conscious of like are people going to like look and wonder what this device is? But for the, the really the truth is that for the most part, everyone's buried into their laptops yeah. anyway and yeah. couldn't care less. So, yeah, yeah, because there's an element of like, are people going to look at this and go, "Wow, what's that?" Or is it going to be mm. sort of like, a, "Oh, he's got a Steam Deck, look." Look, he's got yeah. Steam Deck, look. Or just like not being bothered about it. I think the majority of people are probably going to look at it and be like, "What is that?" 
Is that, is that like a... Probably. Yeah. Did a, you make that a yourself? one screen laptop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I made earlier. Yeah. I made it yeah. in my garage. Yeah. Big hunk of black plastic. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm just really excited about about where this could where where this could lead, and I feel like mm-hmm. obviously we talk a lot about hand like mobile gaming and the fact that it's so big in maybe not maybe not as big in Europe and North America, but in Asia, mobile gaming is way more popular than 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 any sort of gaming, and I feel like Europe is always Europe and the US are always a little bit behind Asia when it comes to gaming. I feel like the mobile gaming industry and being able to play games on the go it's coming and it's just how that looks for us really and how how we kind of deal with that i suppose and how that affects our experiences but i think it can only it can only be a good thing um just to, just to be excited to see you know who who else comes out and and tries it obviously we we know sony have got potentially something planned uh, according to leaks but what I like and I think is exciting is that, like, for as much um, stick as I was just giving Asus about, like, oh, we're, the Steam Deck got there first and whatever, you bring up the PlayStation thing. And the thing is with that is that it's not cloud gaming. It's not running the games yes. natively. It is literally just intended as a streaming device. Yeah. And while that's probably not great, depending, because obviously you already need to own a PS4 or a PS5, yeah. and uh, depending on how much they price it. But all these companies that are trying dipping their toe in the handheld space they're coming at it from like a slightly different angle they're not yeah. trying to do the exact same thing the ally runs windows 11 the steam deck has its bespoke you know thing playstation isn't is doing a remote play and you've got xbox with their cloud-based streaming as we were talking about earlier yeah so there's a lot of options and there comes a point where you run the risk of confusing people but yeah. i feel like having options is good having competition is good yeah absolutely jasmine what will you play on the uh, ally should I say League of Legends and make everyone really, really upset with me? <laughs> I don't think League of Legends is a game that would work in there, but yeah, definitely stuff like Fortnite. Um, I think I need to actually work through my um, Steam library and that stuff that I just like when I'm at my computer, I just think, okay, I want to play Overwatch right now. I don't want to play through like all of these other games I've got in my Steam yeah. library. And I feel like having a handheld where I can just like sit in bed or something. And that sounds so lazy, but that's what I like doing. Um, I, thought, I thought you weren't lazy. <laughs> thanks Elden Ring, Elden Ring is bad in bed is yeah but that's that's the thing right it's like Aaron was saying it lets us play games yeah. in different parts of the house yeah. when you're at your computer I feel like well for me anyway gaming at a PC as opposed to a console is like you're taking it really seriously I can't yes. just sit at my computer and play like a chill indie game or like or like Stardew Valley or something I feel like I'm like really in the zone mm. so then that's, like yeah I, I feel like having a handheld can allow me to actually play all of these all of these games that I always buy and then they just sit there and I never download them. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh yeah, um oh yeah, I really want to play Calico, I really want to play unboxing, and then it's just there, like never ever played. That's that's always been the difference between PC and console gaming for me. Like PC is very much a lean in experience and a console yeah. is laid back, chill on the sofa type thing. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it does feel like that sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um and Obviously, the, get yourself a gaming laptop, and then you can play PC games any, anywhere. We don't need any of these devices; just a gaming laptop. We sort of. Well, I'll take my laptop out with me, and I'll take a mouse <laughs> with me as well. Yeah, I'll take my headset with hot. me too. Yeah, yeah. Let me sit on the train. I need to make sure I get a big family table so I can fit. Yeah, with my make sure the Wi-Fi is good. Yeah, yeah, and then I'll and then I'll start playing League of Legends on the train on my way to London. You can yeah, literally let me just do that. You can literally cook your thighs. 
And then my, my fingers would like get third degree burns on them from having my fingers on the keys. Yeah, let yeah. me just do that. Thanks for that suggestion. How have yeah, we not I, solved this yet, though, I with gaming know. laptops? Because they have been around for a while. Yeah. But loads of people buy them. It's a huge, huge industry. I get. Yeah. I think it's just that all-in-one fix. It's like, I don't want to yeah. build a PC. I don't want to invest that much. All-in-one, boom, convenient. Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, I think it's time to end there. Thank you very much, uh, Jasmine and Aaron, for joining me today. Um, been a real pleasure talking to you this uh, this evening slash afternoon uh thank you for for both coming on jasmine aaron appreciate it thank thank you for having thank me you. yeah thank you for there having is. us uh thank you everyone who's watched us uh, on youtube or facebook thanks to everyone who's left a comment uh, and also liked and subscribed as well and if you haven't what are you doing the button's right there go and press <laughs> it uh we'll we've got loads of content coming up on the mirror gaming youtube channel we've got aaron our very own aaron uh he's going to live stream star wars jedi survivor tomorrow at 4 p.m bst and then we may do a little bit on friday as well we'll have to see uh, but for the walkthrough that's all for this week we'll see you next wednesday at 4 p.m bst same time same place for the latest weekly gaming news and the hottest the hottest gossip and the hottest topics uh, we'll see you next week, but bye-bye for now.